self-care is so much about accepting limitations. And I think that that's maybe an, an aspect of why so often we forget why we forget self-care is because that comes along with it. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Hey everybody, welcome back, or welcome for the first time, to Way of the Artist. And today we're talking, I I don't know if this is what we'll end up titling this episode, but starting from a place of this idea of don't forget to take care. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, self-care. You know, we were Brene Browning a little bit. talking about self-care, taking care of ourselves and and the importance of that how so often it's something that we let slip. It's it very often when things get busy or when life gets a little bit more chaotic, it's it's very often the things that we do to take care of ourselves are, are the things that get cast aside. And in many situations, it's actually becomes more important that you make sure that you continue to do those things as opposed to letting them go. I mean, there are moments where, yeah, sometimes you need to put some comfort aside. You need to put some things aside to deal with something, but that's usually a temporary thing. You know, that's a, that's a very temporary thing. And, and getting back into those self-care things is something that can be picked back up again relatively quickly, but we can get sort of caught in the inertia of letting it go. At least in my own experience, my own life, I, I know that's definitely a pattern of mine. And another aspect of this conversation that we talked a little bit about beforehand that I'm interested in maybe getting into a little bit as well it, <clears throat> excuse me, is this difference between self-care, things that are self-care, and I can't remember the word that you used for it, but it's, it's like, uh, but basically like pleasure, no, you know, satiation, there we go. So what's the difference between self-care and satiation, right? Because I think that there is, there is a, a a pretty big difference between those two. But anyhow, I think that's that's to start things off, set the table for this one. That's uh that's what I got to say. Brandon, what it what what do you got? Good stuff, Evan. Well, I I am interested in talking about this whole idea of self-care and satiation and keeping those two separate and and finding a line between those two because I think there's a a kind of a thing going on in the modern era today, which is like, you know, self-care, self-love. And it's really just a bunch of bullshit. It's like this whole, just listen to how you feel all the time and basically sh- shuck your responsibilities and, you know, just shrug off the things that matter. 
And it's not really self-care. It's actually bullshit. It's just, I want to feel good and I want to make excuses and whatever. And I think it's seductive because we all want to feel good. And so we go, oh, that's self-care. Yeah, I want some self-care. Yeah, okay. So I can justify me doing this kind of bullshit action because, you know, someone on social media said it's social, you know, like they said, this is self-care and it's like, it's not. Um, so I do think it's good to figure out a definitive kind of, uh, not definitive, but at least a, a clear understanding of what that is. I think that's really important. I know for myself that it's not always clear and it's not always easy to figure out. Like there are times where, um, <clears throat> you know, I will get, allow myself to make excuses. I'll allow myself to get distracted. I'll allow myself to just, you know, um, I don't know, like convince myself that I need something and I just really just want to feel good or I just don't want to feel fear or I don't want to feel some feeling I'm trying to avoid. And that's not necessarily self-care. I think one of the things we can do also in this conversation is we can begin to define what self-care actually is for us. And it's not always, I think, going to be the same for everybody. I don't think everybody always needs the same type of self-care, but like, for me, one thing that I do need as self-care, well, two things I, I know for sure is one, being creative is very important for me. And it's very easy for me to put it off. Surprisingly, you know, being an artist and everything, you'd think that I would always do it, but it, I don't care how much of an artist, how much of your career is creativity. It's just easy to get bogged down with responsibilities and work and things to do and all of this. And all of a sudden you've put that off. And when you work in a creative field, sometimes your work is not creative, even though you're doing creative work. It's not creatively fulfilling for you. You're, you're using a kind of a creativity, but it's restricted or bound by something, or it has obligation to it, or it has certain things to it. And I'm talking about, for me, sometimes I need to create just free form. I need my own thing. Like, my own project I'm working on that isn't about getting me anything or getting me anywhere or accomplish anything or, you know, or maybe it is down the road, but it's not about that right now. Right now, it's just about, I have this idea or this thing inside me. I want to get it out and I have this kind of passion to put it out. The other thing, and I said there was two. So the other thing is, is just getting out into nature. It's such an important one for me. And it's, um, you know, it's just like, I live in a place where going for a hike is like right right at my doorstep, really. So there's no excuse, but I will put it off. And I always have things to do when I do this. And it accumulates. And after a while, you don't do it. All of a sudden, the impacts of that happen. So something else I'd like to talk about is when you're not actually doing real self-care, the impacts that catch up with you over time. Whereas if you're doing satiative type stuff that isn't real self-care, but it's posing as self-care, it won't do that nurturing thing where it actually um, he, uh, uh, nurtures you or heals you. you those things were going to come up later and you're going to feel stressed and anxious because you weren't doing the real self-care, self-healing stuff or whatever it might be. So that's just something that I'm interested in discussing because I feel like that's a that's been a, a struggle for me to navigate. So I don't know if you got something to add to that. Yeah, I, I think I can I can pick up from there. Yeah, there's, I think there is this difference between, yeah, self-care and self-gratification, right? Even though 
self-care does very often come with a sense of gratification, right? But it's not a distraction. I think that that's may, may, I mean, this is a hypothesis. We'll navigate this, see, (laughs) see if that works. But to me, self-care isn't about distracting yourself from things. It's, it's something, it is in a deepening, enriching activity of some kind. And, you know, there's a part of me that's tempted to say that it's usually time that you take to yourself, but I don't want to rule it out that, you know, sometimes self-care might involve just getting together with a friend. You know, I think that that sometimes, you know, if you're, if you're spending a lot of time to yourself, sometimes self-care is like, holy shit, I need to, I need to talk to another person. I need to remind myself about other people and other perspectives and, and expand the world beyond, you know, whatever I've got going on in myself. Right. But I think that very often, at least for myself, like self-care is time to myself. And I mean, maybe as like a, a husband and a dad, that's maybe more important to me. We're just like, oh yeah, that, that time alone by myself is, is where I find the most amount of self-care typically. And that's, that, that's definitely something that, that goes by, that, that goes by the wayside for me. And for me, that's, I think you touched on something because I don't, th- as you said, I think whatever that is, is going to vary from person to person to person, whatever your self-care, what your actual self-care things are, is going to be different. But I think that there's probably a few things that it, it tends towards, or there might be some common elements to a lot of these things. And you brought up one, which is nature. And that's a huge one for me. And I think that's for a lot of people as well. I think that reconnecting to nature is something that is so important going and just being with some, some freaking trees and rocks and, <laughs> and bodies of water, whatever the hell it is. Right. But just that there's something about nature without going too much into what and why that all is necessarily. But, but, I know that it is, you know, beyond the what and the why. I know that it is. It is a thing that nature has a kind of healing self-care effect where suddenly it's, especially when you're by yourself, because very often like, you know, I love going on hikes with friends and, and stuff, but I also love to go by myself too, because it gives myself, it gives me space to to just process things for me to to think of new things to to allow creative things to enter that might not happen if I'm just in a constant conversation with another person right and I I can end up just sort of covering the same ground of of something that way so yeah I think nature is is a big is a big part of it getting, getting to be with yourself, like really in, you know, we've talked about solitude in the podcast before, like that, that solitude is, is I think very often, not an always situation, but very often is an essential ingredient to that, that self-care thing, 
right? And you know, the knowing when it becomes a distraction though, I think is is when it can become a little bit tricky. You know, because I I know that I know people who they'll label like just sitting on the couch and binge watching TV as like, well, that's, that's my self care. And it's like, is it though? Like, and I think, (laughs) I think that at times it can be, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think that it in, in certain stages of absolute burnout, like when you're just so burnt out and, and just, you've been so busy, busy, busy with things. Maybe, yeah, you truly, a self-care day is just like, I need to just lay on the couch with a fucking blanket and I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch movies all day or whatever it is. Like that's definitely, I've been there mm-hmm. and for sure. And there's been moments where that's, that is self-care, but I know that I've also used that as distraction too, right? Where it's like, well, is this, but this is something that is kind of part of my habitual day-to-day doings and is this actually a self-care thing i don't know right so these things can start to become a little bit tricky to navigate but i think that it's what is that sense what is that feeling that the activity leaves you with right what are you left with at it do you feel recharged do you feel energized do you because i think that that's that is a thing that 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 self-care does give you right like there is some some kind of there there is some sort of refreshing thing that you're left with in some capacity i don't know got any thoughts brandon i got thoughts well yeah so the watching a show or playing video games or something like that they, these are ones that i slip into where they become distraction um, I've, I've definitely gone through periods of time where it's like binge watching a show and all of that. And I think, you know, I was thinking about it as you were talking, I was like, well, maybe it's kind of like a bit of a, like a system of filling various parts of yourself. So like, maybe you do need a day of binge watching shows. Maybe you need a couple days of binge watching shows, depending on like, you know, how hard you've burned yourself out or whatever's gone on but you need to have a certain point where you can recognize, okay, I'm full now. I I've gotten my day off or days off. And now I'm, you know, that has been fulfilled and, and it's not carrying on in that habit afterwards where it becomes this bullshit and this excuse. So I think there is an element of self care that begins in a good way, but then it gets out of hand, you know, so I think that's something that we have to keep in check because, you know, the, um, the worst, the worst kind of lie is the lie that's mostly true because it's the one that you will believe and it's the one that you can't verify is not real. And it's these little, little mini deceptions. They're the worst thing that you can let into your life because, you know, they are the ones that take you away because you know, um, by the way, I mean, here's, here's an interesting little thing. If you care to know, uh, cults, that's how they work, right? Cults, high pressure groups, groups that manipulate people and brainwash them. A lot of people don't think this is true. It's true. It's very true. Brainwashing is very, very real. 
And uh, the way they do it is they tell you 99% truth, 1% lie. And you go, well, that's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. And then the 1%, I don't know about that, but well, everything else is true, so I guess so, okay. And then then you buy into that 1% and then they get you to buy into 2%. And maybe it's a half a percent, maybe it's a third of a percent, but the idea is it's always in slow increments. And eventually 1% turns into 3%, turns into 5 turns into 15 turns into 20 turns into like, where the hell are we? What the hell's going on here? And that's how brainwashing works. Brainwashing doesn't... People don't come in who are brainwashing you and tricking you and deceiving you, by the way. They don't do this by just going, let me alter all your beliefs and everything all at once. They don't do that. They have to work you over time. But here's the thing. We brainwash ourselves. We trick ourselves. We deceive ourselves. And it starts by not being honest about when we're making excuses and and telling ourselves bullshit and when we're telling ourselves the truth. And we can can slowly um, take ourselves away. So like... Another good example of this is, is drug addicts. They didn't start off that way. In fact, usually people that lose handle on drugs or alcohol or things like this or any type of addiction, usually they had it under control in the beginning, but it's a slippery slope. And then they started to slip and slip and slip. And then all of a sudden they wake up one day and they realize, holy shit, this is like taken over my life and I've lost my way with it. It doesn't happen all at once. And that's what you know, you need to be aware of with something like this is that we need to be honest in every area of our life. But, but when it comes to self-care, because that's what we're talking about, we need to be honest. Is this self-care or is this satiation feeding addiction? You know, and addiction could be, um, you know, binge watching television all day or, or whatever. Like when I, I worked at a steel company for a little bit, I'll just share this and it, it's a slippery slope because, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm working at the steel shop for a bit and I'm just kind of doing this to make some extra money and whatever. And then it starts to slowly become, well, this is, you know, this is what I'm doing. But I, I was so like unhappy doing it because like, you know, I've been living as an artist and an entrepreneur and I've had freedom and I've had all these great things in my life. And then all of a sudden now I'm working for someone else and then management was shitty and the people I was working with weren't so great. And so I started to, you know, I started to not like that. And, you know, and I, you know, I had these goals that I was trying to achieve and they were tied into this work. So I was like, well, I'll keep working. And so then I would come home and I would have a beer and I would watch a show. And then pretty soon it became, okay, I'm so tired. I'm working overtime. I'm doing this stuff for this work. And it would just, the the habit became come home, have a beer, watch a show. And then I wasn't doing any creative work. I wasn't writing any scripts. I wasn't doing anything for my business anymore. And this happened, you know, slowly, but surely it just eroded away all the good things that I was doing in my life outside of work. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. You know, you're not playing with your kids anymore. You're, you're not giving your wife or your husband attention or whoever attention, right? You're not, you're not spending any time working out, going out, doing any nature, nothing. And it's just a slippery slope. And this is what I'm talking about. This is addiction. This is what it looks like. It's, it's innocuous. It slips in there little by little because you bullshit yourself and you don't, you're not honest that you're running away from a bad feeling or you're just trying to get a good feeling. And this is my final note. I don't think self-care should be about how it feels. I do think, and you pointed this out, I don't know if we we actually recorded saying this, but you pointed this out. Often self-care does feel good, but not always initially. 
And this is an important thing I want to point out. I know that when I get on the hike and I start hiking, it's going to feel good. But getting out of my house, putting on my boots, walking out sometimes into the rain, that is not comfortable and I don't want to do it. So getting out of the inertia of staying inside and just going for a little hike. And I have all sorts of excuses. I don't really have time. You know, uh, it's going to be a big deal, blah, 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 whatever. I make all this shit. That's all bullshit. And you need to call yourself out on that because that is how the inertia of addiction works. And all of a sudden, you just haven't gone on a hike in a while. You haven't gone out in nature in a while. You haven't gone to the park. You haven't done anything. You haven't played with your kids. You haven't done any of the good stuff that you should do. So, Evan, thoughts on that one? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's like finding that that litmus test of of knowing what the truth of the situation is. And it's funny because, yes, very often there can be a grain of truth to what your excuses are, right? What my excuses are. But... It's it's like at a certain point though it becomes so obvious that it's it's all bullshit, right? Like it's it's like wait, there's actually no truth in here. So there, there's a weird there's a weird thing to that where it's like it looks like on the surface there's some truth to it, but at the end at the end of the day when you get down to brass tacks, you just go, oh, but this is absolute bullshit. Like this is I'm telling myself a bullshit story that. Yeah, I mean, typically, I mean, unfortunately, it usually takes a lot of pain to to go. It's like, whoa, holy shit, I need to do these things. You know, and that's that's very often, you know, when you hear from like a friend or a family member and they're making a big fucking change in their life and one that they actually stick to or maybe one in your own life. You know, it's very often when you if you can think back to one of those moments or you can look at it, it's just like, well, yeah, it's because it, it got it got to a point where it became so, so difficult that it was, that it became harder for me to continue to do this thing than it was for me just to do the thing that felt hard initially. Right. That's the thing, you know, cause like, I, you know, you, you talk a, a lot about this is, is like, you know, why do people do bad things? And, and you say, because it's easy, but you know, I always, I always think about that because I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if it is easy. You know, ultimately I don't think it is easy. That's the, that's the problem. Like it's easy in the moment, but it's hard. It's hard over the, the, the long run. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, it becomes, it does, it becomes much more difficult to continue to do the quote unquote easy thing because of how, how destructive and and empty and whatever else those things start start to become right where suddenly a drastic a drastic change shift becomes necessary in order to just continue on right yeah yeah okay i'm just gonna real quick there's a saying that I, i i like to remind myself of it helps me a bit but it's short term gain long term pain short-term pain, long-term gain. And this is a very hard one for us to work out because emo- it, when we're emotionally guided in our lives, we want that immediate gratification, that short-term gain. And we we kind of trick ourselves, oh, there won't be any long-term pain. I can kind of, I can get away with it. 
And then the long-term gain, short-term pain, it's very hard for us sometimes to do that little short-term pain thing, even though we know it'll be long-term gain because we convince ourselves, hey, um, this I'm going to do this short-term pain, but it's really not going to lead to long-term gain, so why bother? You know, that type of thing. So I wanted to add that because you were talking about how pain is a big part of this change thing. Yeah, yeah. And and just on what you said, like I, I'm thinking of, of just maybe a personal example because the thing is, I think very often when we think of like long-term gain, it, I don't think it's even as long-term as you think it is necessarily, right? Because if I, I'll, I'll use just an example of like, okay, I have a free day, you know, like I, I don't have to look after my son and, you know, my wife's off maybe doing something with him or, or whatever. And I maybe, I'm not that this has actually been a reality in my life and <laughs> for the last couple of years, but it's like, I've hypothetically, like there, I could choose between a couple of things like, oh, no one's here. You know what? I could just stay at home all day and I can play video games and, and just watch TV and whatever. I know most likely how I'm going to feel by the time evening rolls around. I'm going to do that. I'm going to kind of just be in this weird low energy fog and I'm going to be kind of like, ah, you know, what did I do with myself today? You know, like what did, yeah, like uh, I, I'm going to just have this, this kind of lethargic feeling about myself and maybe it's because like, oh, it's not a super nice day outside. But if I just took the short term pain, which is actually very short term of like, okay, you know what? Get my good fucking rainproof boots on, make sure I'm like layered, got my, my long raincoat on so I'll be dry and I'll get out there in the cold air or whatever it is and I'll just deal with it. But within like within minutes, I'm totally fine. In fact, within minutes, I'm breathing the fresh air. I'm taking in, you know, like all the trees and the creeks and everything. And I'm just like, and I'm, I'm in fucking heaven, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm just in such a qualitatively better state of being mm -hmm. within minutes, within minutes. But all it took is just for those few minutes of just getting myself out the door. So like uh, just something about what you were saying, you know, it's like the long-term gain isn't like, oh, this is going to pay off next year. You know, it's like, no, 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 that it's actually, I'm yielding returns within minutes, you know, of just, but it's just that initial first yes. step. And that's so often the case with creativity, you know, and, and getting out there for a hike and or getting out for a walk in, in nature is a creative thing, right? And maybe that's a, a good question for, you know, like I think of like, is it something that's enriching? Is it an actual creative activity for you, right? That is kind of a, maybe some questions that to use as a litmus test of, is this thing just self-gratification or is it actually self-care, right? Because if it's a creative thing, then it's self-care, right? There's something, there's some creative energy that is being, rejuvenated or ignited or something like in in your being that that's happening there as opposed to it just being yeah like a limbo type of a state like a, a neutral or sometimes i think you know 
distractions and and self-gratification can actually be not just a neutral thing but they can actually be a a destructive thing for sure right like they can they can take energy from you like i said like if i'm if i sit on the couch like all day by the end of the day i just i i'm lethargic right like there i've actually been robbed of some energy throughout that process so yeah in terms of of understanding that and, and being able to decipher between those things there is yeah there it, it has to do with with i think the creativity of the of the exercise and that doesn't mean creativity in the sense of of oh i'm painting a picture or or while i'm out for my walk i'm writing a new song in my head i mean maybe that happens but not necessarily like that's not the reason in, within which you're you're doing it it's like i'm going out for a walk just because i'm going out for a walk in in the woods i'm doing that activity unto itself and sometimes things come out of it but there's something just within the simplicity of 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 just doing it for its sole purpose that there's there's still something creative happening there right there's still something very creative in the sense that while i'm in that space i am i'm connecting to something that i'm not connecting with otherwise i'm connecting with my own sense of of existence connecting with my own sense of being connected to the natural world right like being connected to that sense of like of whoa you know like this me and this this tree are you know we come from we come from the same place i don't know like whether i'm actually literally thinking that or not but there's there's something there's something happening there that that's changing my 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 state of being my state of mind my my frequency if <laughs> if that that language works for people i don't know but there's something there's there's a creative energy and force that is happening in the things that are actually self-care brought up a lot of woo woo shit evan <laughs> every now and then yeah well i will say you know frequency is real there's something real about that and and uh there are there are tests that have been run you know with frequency and how it makes shapes with sand and stuff on a table it's it's very interesting and you have to understand that like you're made up of you know or water right the way it moves water is very interesting but like you have to understand that you are made up of this stuff so frequency is very real it is impacting and affecting you know how things are working inside your body like they're literally vibrating and um you know i do think that there's a certain amount of us who we kind of we we like when we look at like almost like the metaphysical um or the you know the the spiritual we 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 want to kind of just almost like go like ah, i don't want to think about any of that i don't want any of that you know i don't need it right it's it's almost like because it's like you know, philosophy and, and spirituality and, you know, metaphysics and, you know, all of this stuff, quantum, whatever, it's, it's all, it's complicated for us to comprehend and we don't fully understand it and we don't always know how it plays in, but 
we're just like, well, you know, this tastes good and that's good enough for me. That's all I need to know, you know, or this feels good or whatever. Um, I think it's, uh, it, it is interesting to look at like, for example, like watching TV all day, how that might make you in a low frequency or low vibe. And if you, you know, if you like where stuff comes from, like, I don't know, man, I feel like I'm about to get real woo woo here, but like where stuff comes from carries with it a certain frequency and an energy. And I, and I'm sure for some people on the other end of this podcast, they're like, this is way too, just hang with me. Cause like, I totally get you. Like things get way too woo woo and way too out there. And you're like, ah, it just doesn't make sense to me. But like, where things come from, like how they're made, what their intention is, what's what, like what they're being done for, you're being kind of impacted by that intention. And that intention is kind of, you know, filtering through you and you're literally filtering through the world all the time. And you're filtering because you're picking up what you think is important and you're letting go things are passing through you that you don't you're either not aware of or you don't think are important. But here's the issue. If people or other things out there are telling you that something is important, you start to believe them. And they're not. But you believe them and then you get caught up in their bullshit. So, you know, like, for example, if you're around people that all they think about is how they look and it's appearance, 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 you know, how's my hair, how am I dressed, how am I... How's my makeup? How's my whatever? That's going to start to become important to you because it's your world. It's what you're talking about. It's what you're thinking about. And the thing is, is that then you're going to start to become really conscious and aware of how does, how do I look? How does everyone else look? All of this. And here's the thing. Does that matter? Or is that something that you've decided matters because it, it keeps you connected to that group? Now, that one's minor maybe in comparison to some other things, but like people get caught up in all sorts of shit and they think that's important. And sometimes they're caught up in low vibe shit. But the thing is, is to be accepted in that group, you have to care about what they care about. And if you stopped caring about what they care about, and if you, if you actually even looked negatively upon it, they might downright reject you, kick you out of the group, ostracize you, all sorts of things that can come. So this is where, you know, the inertia of hanging out with toxic people or people that are bad for you or groups or situations that are low vibe, low frequency, negative, um, energy sucking vampire bullshit. And you're going to these people for self care. And they're like, here's a good example. I'll just give you another one. You're hanging out in high school and you hang out with your friends and they just make fun of you all the time. They picky you, they nitpicky you, they point out things all the time. And you start to feel like, hey, it's actually a little mean. It's not playful and jovial. It's actually kind of cruel. And, you know, you start to notice that someone's maybe, if you start paying attention, maybe they're a little jealous and maybe they're, they're picking at you because they actually are trying to knock you down a peg so they can feel better about themselves. Self-care is about recognizing this is a fucking toxic situation and either the situation needs to change or I need to remove myself from it. 
And that's very hard for people because they don't want to be rejected by people. They want to be accepted. There's all this stuff. So what, what are your options? The painful option is you, you confront the person and say, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't like that. You said that I want you to stop. Um, you know, here's, here's the situation. Maybe, maybe it's someone who actually cares about you. In that case, you might be able to open up more and say, you know what, the way this makes me feel, because not everybody you're going to be able to tell them that you can tell them it impacts me this way and I don't like it. But if they're not so close to you, you won't be able to be so vulnerable. And then they, they, they might make fun of you. They might say, what are you a wimp? What are you blah, 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 whatever. Then you can have the decision. Okay. I'm going to leave. I'm going to walk away. But here's the thing. Self-respect is a form of self-care because when you don't respect yourself, when you tolerate bad behavior, when you, when you compromise your boundaries all the time, that's a form of not having self-care. I mean, here's some interesting points. So <laughs> Evan, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that yeah. because, you know, boundaries for me was a big one I had to learn. Honestly, I think that in, in many ways, you know, I, I made a reference to Brene Brown earlier and it's, you know, and she's, she's one shop cookie, that one. <laughs> And, you know, she talks a lot about boundaries as well. And, and I think that not for no reason, I mean, I, there's, if anyone out there who's listening, you know, is a well-versed in Brene Brown, they're probably like, yeah, they know (laughs) she, she's talking about everything that you're saying right now. But so forgive me if that's the case, but just for myself right now, listening to what you're talking about there's, I'm tempted to say that I think that all of self-care is actually a boundary. And I also want to bring in is, is, is also, I want to bring in the word limits, limitations, because I think that that's something that I think is a big part of in this idea of why do we Why do we forget to take care, right? And we live in a culture that hates to accept that there are limits on anything. But yet at the same time, it's like self-care to me is implicitly says that it's about boundaries. It's about saying, no, 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 this is enough. You got to set a limit for yourself. You can't fucking do everything all the time. You have limits with yourself and with other people and with your work and all of these things. It's like, it's like you have to set the limit and you have to send a boundary. And I think that why, you know, it's such an important topic these days that to, to be in, in the forefront of a lot of our mental health conversations is because is because so many of us do have such poor boundaries. No one, we never really learned about it. No one's ever really talked to us about it. You know, at least for some generations of us, it was never like, it was never something that was ever talked about. I never heard about boundaries as a kid, you know, it, and so what happened is that you, you've constantly have people always stepping into that boundary. Right. And, and you end up just getting sort of pushed around um, angry, resentful, like all of these things that come out of, because you keep allowing people in within things that aren't okay with you. Right. 
And people will do it because we are the only ones who are responsible for those boundaries. No one else can, no one else knows what those boundaries are for us. No one else can accept that for us. It's why it's, it's our responsibility and it's a very important responsibility for us to have is to set those things up. Right. And, and again, not just for other people, but for ourselves. Right. And maybe even more importantly for ourselves to say like, holy shit, I need to just take a fucking breath here. Right. But again, it it can be very tricky because we, I think that we have been conditioned to this sense of there's no limits. You can do everything. You can do it all. You can have it all, you know, and if you can't have it all and if you can't do it all, then there's something wrong with you. Right. And whether that's explicitly said to us in our society, in our culture, probably not so much. But when you think about how so many of us operate, that's kind of how we're operating right? No one wants to accept that we have limits, but we did a podcast a while back about how actually very, how, how important limitations are, how, how accepting limitations is actually an essential ingredient for us to be creative, right? Like in so many ways, limitations are essential to creativity because it, it prevents us wasting energy in places that we've got no business being in. And where we can actually focus on where our our gifts and our talents actually are, right? And and we can really put those things out into the world. The things that we're best at, we can we can put more powerfully, I suppose, into the world than trying to to just do everything else in all these other areas that we don't give a shit about. That that at best will only be a C plus at. <laughs> in our lives right it's like why are we focused that's something that i that i remember from uh what's his name tim ferris okay four hour work week yeah. you know it's uh, the sentiment from from that from that book where he's like why would you spend all of this time trying to get good at something that at best you're only going to be like a c c plus at right when you can focus your efforts on the things that you can be a fucking a you can be an a plus at what do you think someone's going to want you for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are they going to want you for the thing that you're a C at or the thing that you're an A plus at? Let's focus on the A plus. And that comes down to limitations, right? So I'm going to see if I can bring this back in a little bit here, but self-care is so much about accepting limitations. And I think that that's maybe an, an aspect of why so often we forget why we forget self-care is because that comes along with it is that it, it's accepting a certain kind of limitation mm-hmm. that uh, accepting certain kinds of boundaries that we have to have. And sometimes setting boundaries is uncomfortable to do as well, but ultimately self-care is actually at the end of it all in many ways is about being able to show up for others and for yourself in your best possible light for lack of a better term. Yeah, you know, this interesting point that you brought up here about boundaries and limitations with all self-care. And I do think that there's something about this 
which doesn't even involve other people, which I think is very interesting. Like boundaries with television, boundaries with video games or drinking or whatever it is that you do that's kind of feel good fun, whatever. Um, you know, and, and, and setting a limit. Like, uh, for example, I, I mean, it can even be as simple as like you're having a bowl of chips and you go, you know, it's one bowl of chips and you, you, you've set a limit yeah, and you create a, bag. yeah, exactly. Cause you put the bag in front of you, all of a sudden you've eaten the whole bag. I mean, people talk about this, it happens. I've, I've done it, you know, but there needs to be a certain amount of, you know, uh, boundary and limit, you know, this is about self-respect, right? And I think mm-hmm. self-respect is an important element of this, um, it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting also like how this maybe relates to creativity and, you know, um, I think there's a certain amount of intake with self-care. Like we want to take it in, we want to get it. So you're watching TV or you're, you're doing something, you're like taking it in, but there's a certain amount of self-care, which I think it's more neglected, which is the, what we're putting out. And I don't think we always think of self-care as what we're putting out. I, when I look at the self-care world and, and how people talk about it, it's always about, you know, treat yourself. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to get this thing. It's going to, you know, whatever. It's always get, get, get. But like, I actually found a lot of time the best self-care is about what I'm putting out. Like what I'm creating, what I'm writing, what like the weight I'm pushing, you know, this type of shit. And, uh, who, who I'm reaching out to, to connect with, you know, like that I haven't talked to in a while, things that I'm doing outward. And, uh, I, I've definitely been caught up in the self care indoctrination of, oh, it's about me and it's about pampering and taking care of myself and all that shit. And I do think there's an element of that, but I still think it's the whole story. And I think that we have to have boundaries around taking, taking too much. I think we need to be very careful about going like um well i don't know the other day man you know you you know you asked okay can you help me move some stuff into my new place okay so i did that and then we went out and you guys you guys bought my burger and surprise and i wanted a milkshake and i thought about it and i was like i'm buying my own milkshake because like it's nice enough i didn't even expect you guys to get me a burger i didn't expect anything i was like what a nice treat but i don't want to take any more than that like a burger is a nice treat, but like the $8 milkshake that I wanted to get, let me get that myself. You know what I mean? And it's like, that felt good for me. That was a good act of respect for me. It felt like, cause I don't believe in taking more than I, more than I should. And even letting someone buy something for me is a challenge, but I had to look at it and I had to consider and go, well, like yes, this is a nice thing for me, but let them do a nice thing for you because that's nice for them as well. And it's a, it's, it becomes a boundary and a respect. You know what I mean? But I do think taking is a, and, and giving is an important element of this conversation. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you brought up some really good examples. And I mean, there are so many places where we do accept boundaries and limits. And, you know, you mentioned a thing like, like diet, right? We, there's a part of us we accept it's like, yeah, like a limit on the, how much junk food you eat is a good thing, yeah. right? Because if I limit the amount of, you know, not as healthy shit that I put into my body, that allows me to be a more creative person in the rest of my life, mm-hmm. right? I'll, I'll have 
more energy. I'll have, you know, like I'll, you know, be just being physically more capable in the world, which allows you to do more things and, and just having more energy that's, that's allows for more creativity. Right. And even things like for whatever reason, a thing that popped into my head is when you're talking about like the, the taking and, and giving, it's just like, well, yeah, like we also accept something like, like if you take too much, take logging, for example, right? Deforestation, right? It's like at a certain point, it goes like, whoa, 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 we got to put a fucking limit on this because this has such, there, there's so many negative impacts that if we do this without putting a cap on it, we're going to not only like destroy other things, but it actually is going to end up destroying us too. Right. And I mean, I'm not to say that that's, you know, that particular industry is perfect in that, in that respect so far. But I mean, certainly we are more conscientious about that in the world and, and as a society about like, whoa, Hey, we got to, like, there are things that we have to protect. And when we talk about stuff, like when we talk about protecting things, we're talking about limitations, right? This is such an interesting part of this conversation to me because, you know, again, it's like limitation is something that, again, I think we have such a, in our culture, we, we have such a thing about like, don't accept any limitations, right? And, and I think that that's like, there's a, there's a nice intention behind it. I think that there's good intentions behind that message, but it's also pretty shallow and <laughs> lacking some wisdom as well, because it's like, well, actually, you know, limitations are very important aspects to to how we function and, and how we function well and how we function in a healthy way, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we need these, these things. And I think that just flipping our perceptions around that, like, and, and maybe I'm somewhat inspired by this because I've been listening to uh, a guy by the name of uh, Paul Kingsnorth Again, I was really into him like a few months back and then I've been listening to him again. And, and one thing that he was talking about uh, that, that he does talk about is, is this very thing of, of limitations and how not accepting limitations in our culture and our society has, has, I mean, and he, go and check him out people because he like the way that he talks about our society today and, and the machine as he refers to it um, really is, is pretty, is pretty profound. I, in my, in my own opinion and in, in how he talks about these things, but there's, I mean, he gets into how in a bizarre way, the, our denial of limitations has led to so many of our biggest cultural problems right now um and and beyond cultural problems but like how essentially it's like it's it's bizarre because we cherish this thing of of freedom so much like which is essentially like there's no limits right like no limits no limits no limits right and 
we've applied that to certain areas. So there's no limits when it comes to things like, uh, like identity, right? But at the same time, by saying we have no limits there, there's sort of an authoritarian controlling that has to happen in another aspect. So now that means we have to control free speech, right? Now that means we have to um, make everything safe for people everywhere at all times, which means we have to control other things. So in this attempt for freedom of, of and accepting of no limitations for, for this thing, it means an actual like an overreach in authority and control in another one. But I'm going down a crazy rabbit hole right now. <laughs> so if that sounds provocative to you, go and check out Paul Kingsnorth. But um, this was all just, I, I was just trying to, you know, further, further the point on, on limitation is actually a, like a, something we should welcome as a friend. Well, Evan, as much as I'd like to go down that rabbit hole you opened up, I do think it's interesting, you know, uh, and, and I'll just say this before I move on to my point. I think ultimately fr freedom, as much as we want it, it's, it's earned. And when you, when you like, I, I'm a big believer in freedom and, you know, all, ultimately I would like libertarianism if, if, if we could handle it. <laughs> and I've thought deeply about this and I don't think that we can handle libertarianism entirely. Some of us can, but some of us are not able to. And it, it's, uh, it's okay. It's a thing of maturity because, you know, if you have no ethics and you don't have very good morals, you really shouldn't have much freedom. That's the reality of it because we don't want unethical, immoral people totally free in this world. It's dangerous and it's toxic to all of us drawing that line between who's moral and ethical and then the fucking propaganda and brainwashing and all the other bullshit that goes on in the world about people with their agendas and corporations and politicians and who knows what the fuck social movements that people are doing that are not good, but appear good on surface. Right. And we need to become a culture that can decipher uh, what is good for us and not good for us. But I regret, I, I guess the point is it starts with us. If you can't even figure out that you shouldn't be eating the whole bag of chips versus just a bowl of chips, then you shouldn't be a libertarian because you're fucking irresponsible and you need someone to like fucking watch you because you're not parenting yourself very well. And, you know, and I'm not trying to say this to hurt anyone's feelings. You know that, you know that. And you, and you know, you're telling yourself bullshit and you know, you're not taking care of yourself. And we all do this. So the, 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 it starts, you want freedom in your life. And I do believe freedom is the highest form. Autonomy and freedom are the highest values of this world. And we're lucky that we even get any of it. But the fact that we figured out how to navigate with billions of us and that we can have some freedom is fucking awesome. And, and I, I say strive for more, not less, but understand that um, we sometimes don't get as much freedom as we would like because we're irresponsible, we're careless, and we're lying and we're full of shit. And if you can admit that in yourself, it's the first step to true freedom. 
is to recognize that you're flawed, recognize that you're satiative, recognize that you have all these things that you, you do. And then if you can consciously start to change that in your life, your life will expand and you will begin to have options. Um, you know, and it's an interesting topic because, you know, we all have to figure out how to live together. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's as far down that rabbit hole as I'm going to go today. My, here's my, here's, here's where I really wanted to go though. Where I wanted to go is with uh, creativity. You know, like if you're going to write a script, you better have limitations. You better have boundaries. You better have some restriction. If you don't, I mean, your story is going to probably suck. It's the reality. It's not going to be good because it's going to be aimless. It's going to be too out there and it's not focused. You need focus. You need direction. Um, one of the things they've done in the film industry as a, a good standard, and I, I try to share this with everybody who wants to write a screenplay, is what of the five genres are you sitting in? And the five genres consist of, and there are subgenres and, and styles and things like that that get incorporated into all of this. So don't worry, you're not, you know, you're not as bound as you think. But are you in the drama, the comedy, horror, action, or thriller? And whatever genre you're in, it, it, it promises a certain delivery of something, a certain type of emotions. You know, if it's comedy, I expect to be laughing. I expect it to be funny. And if it's drama, then I expect some type of emotional depth to it. If it's horror, I got to be scared or at least creeped out or something, you know. But if you don't give me that, then it's like I'm just kind of in this experience, right? And I'm not saying that you can't make me laugh in a comedy or make me feel emotional in a horror movie, um, like or like not make me laugh in a drama or a horror movie, whatever. I, I said it wrong. But the point is, is that you have a primary focus in which you're keeping things in. It has a purpose of what you're doing. And I, you know, I come back to like self-care. Self-care is very much the same way. What do you... What is the goal here? What are you trying to do? You say you're self-care, right? So you're sitting around watching TV all day. But why are you watching TV all day? What is the purpose you're serving? What is the goal here? And when do you know that will have been achieved? And it cannot be just, oh, it'll feel like it. It has to be like, you know what? I'm going to give myself uh, 12 hours of television watching. When that fucking 12 hours is up, that's your boundary. That's your limit. You are done no matter how you feel. And if you don't feel the way you hoped you would, well, you fucked up and you need to admit that and you need a new self-care activity, not 12 more hours of television. But that's the problem with inertia. We go, oh, I didn't get it in 12. I guess I need 24. It's like, (laughs) fuck off with that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? This is the thing. Freedom comes from your limitations, boundaries, and, and honesty, and, and self-respect. Self-respect is not eating a full bag of chips. It's eating a bowl of chips. That's self-respect. If you don't have that self-respect, then you don't have good boundaries, and this is why your life is in trouble, because self-care is sometimes about what you don't have. I'm going to have chips, but I'm only going to have this many chips or this much ice cream, or whatever. I One thing I learned about myself, Evan, as far as food goes, is share this, fast food. I'm fucking done, man. I don't eat fast food anymore. It's over. Mm-hmm. The day the days of fast food are over. I used to justify it. I used to, I used to do it. Whatever. Some people do. A lot of people do. But listen, I, I, I don't 
feel good. I don't like it. I know too much about it. I don't like what it does to my body. I don't like how it's fucking done. I don't like any of it. And I don't want to contribute to a world of fast food anymore anyway. So you know what? I said, fuck it, I'm going to stop. And it was hard because it tastes so fucking good. And and it's so fucking easy. And it and a lot of time it's cheap. Not so much anymore these days, but it's just the thing is, is you just go, okay, like I, you know, and that's, and I look at it and go, it's a sign of disrespect to yourself, Brandon. Don't do it for me. Now, if someone else does it and they, and they're okay with it and whatever, that's fine. But I've made my peace with it. And, um, and as somebody who ate a lot of fast food in my life, I've eaten enough at least, I can say that, listen, I just had, I had to change. I just recognized, Hey, this isn't good anymore. Don't do it. You know? And, and, um, I think this is where limitation and restriction and self-respect exist. Um, Creatively though, also, here's the last thing. I know I'm fucking popping off on all sorts of areas. Let's come back to script writing. If you actually want to complete a script, put limits on it. That will help you actually write a script. If you don't have limits, it'll be very, very hard to complete it. I can promise you that. Um, Try to look at, for those of us who like really like love freedom in our art, look at the um, restrictions and limits and boundaries as actually something that actually helps you stay on track. Um, You know, way of the artist is what we're called, right? But like if, if, when I think of way of the artist and I think of like being on my path, I think of walking a trail, like, or picking a path I'm going to walk, even if I'm walking through a field, but it's my path and I need some limits. I'm not walking everywhere in the field. I'm, I'm going from point A to point B and I don't need to be everywhere on the field. I just need to get from where I am to where I want to go. And that means this path makes sense to me. So create a boundary to, and, and a limit and a, and a certain um, A to B objective of what you're doing. Yeah, man, you bring up a lot of good things here. And it's like, um, you know, I, I was just, what you were saying about like writing a script and limitations. And I was thinking about the same thing for, as an actor, you know, it's like for me, one of the, the, the main things that I try to get clarity for with any role that I've, I've ever played is what is the character's point of view, right? Like how does, and, and I try and distill that into, you know, something that really becomes uh, emotionally alive and connected to me, but I try and distill it down into, into like a sentence, you know, of like, what is there, how do they generally see the world? You know, like the world is, you know, a cruel place that will kick you in the face with every opportunity you get. That's a, that's a, or some just as an example off the top of my head, but you know, that's sort of, if I have that sort of baseline, again, that's creating a type of limitation on that allows me to play this character that allows me. And does that say everything about this person? No, of course not. But if I don't, if I just, just like, well, they have a point of view that's like, so it includes all of it. It's like, yeah, sometimes they think it's cruel, but you know, sometimes they think it's this <laughs> and this and, and I'm just like, well, now I, I can't, I, I can't play this now because I I've I don't have a clear place of of where they're coming from, right? And how and and how are they going to perceive these things that are happening and whatever? It's like I I need to 
find that limitation and it ends up opening up all of these beautiful and creative things. So it's, it's just another one of those places where limitation helps, helps creativity. And there was something else that you had said, but I can't remember it now, which is probably all for the good. Cause we probably need to wrap this one up anyhow. So beer. Let's just quickly talk about this beer we've been drinking over this conversation. This was uh, my doing on this one. And we're drinking a salted chocolate porter from Steamworks Brewing Company in Vancouver. Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, man. Uh, You know, I thought I had this one. I don't know if I've had it before, but it's delicious. The first sip I had, I was like, wow. This is really, really tasty. And, you know, I do like a porter every now and then. They're not the most common beer that I drink, but this is a good one, man. It is tasty. It's like a, it's like having a nice little, almost like a dessert. Um, they got it just right. I don't know. All I can say is positive things. It's been delicious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I was pleasantly surprised. I was concerned. I was like, I don't know. It could just be too much. Cause every now and then, every now and not, not too often, but every now and then, I get a porter that's just, or a stout that I was just like, whoa, this is just, this is too much. I can't remember what it's like. Very often I find stuff like caramel, you know, when I start seeing like, like when they, they're throwing that kind of stuff into it. And I'm just like, no, no, this is just too much for me. But this has been, this has been tasty. Yeah. I like it. All right. Some final thoughts. I mean, I'll just leave it with you know, at this, at the start of this, I don't know if that this is what we're going to end up calling it at the end of it, but you know, start out with this thing of don't forget to take care. And just again, that, yeah, part of this is a reminder of, of, Hey, like take the time to take care of yourself, you know, in the ways that are actually really, truly taking care of yourself. And only, you know, what those things actually are and what the things are that might be kind of bullshit, you know, getting honest about those things. What are the actual things? And, you know, typically, you know, this time of year, you know, the days are short, the weather is cold, you know, for, for many of us in the Northern hemisphere, it's, and, and it's can be a challenging time of year. And there's a lot of commitments very often. And, and look, very often it's in these times that it's, it's, more important than ever to make sure that you are still doing these things to take care of yourself so that you can show up as best as you can for yourself and for others. This is the whole thing of self-care. And, and, you know, uh, again, coming back to me, what was an interesting part of this conversation I wasn't expecting was that how much of self-care, uh, is really about, is, is about those boundaries and, and setting limits. Right. And, um, yeah, just doing the things that are enriching and and the things that, uh, are, are creatively connective, um, for you and, and make sure that you're, you're carving out some, some time to do that. As we said, with, with boundaries, you're the one that is responsible for that thing we can translate that directly into your self-care is your responsibility. It's not somebody else's responsibility, although I'm grateful to my wife because she's maybe <laughs> more more conscientious of my self-care than I am for myself sometimes. And I'm grateful for that. But ultimately, it really is my responsibility to do those things. And so you can't 
assign that to anyone else. And, and so make sure that, you know, if you do have people in your life that, you know, you're responsible for and stuff like that, 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 you know, very often if you've got good people in your life, you just, you communicate what those things are. It's like, Hey, I need to make sure that, uh, this is, this is something that's happening for me on, you know, a weekly basis or whatever it is. Um, and, and set that time aside because no one's going to do it for you and make sure that, yeah, make sure that you do that, take care of yourself and, and, and a creative life is, it's necessary for a creative life. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things that came up in this conversation. And uh, I would say, um, you know, speak what you need, I think is an, is an important thing. We didn't really say that, but I would say, you know, not just to others, but to yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I do think there's a certain amount of when you stop and you're on your own, you can ask yourself like, what, like if I could give myself anything right now, what would I give myself? And I think that's an important question to ask. And then if I could do anything that would make me feel enriched or that would enrich anything that would make me feel that would help me. I think that's an even better second question to ask. And I think that's an often neglected question. So I think one of the things that I recognized during this, this, uh, conversation was, oh yeah, yeah. Self-care isn't just about what I get, but it's about what I give. Um, and I think you should also have boundaries on what you give. I don't think if people are asking you for things that you don't really feel like you want to give, I think you should set boundaries and say, well, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Or, you know, I don't, I don't feel up for that. Um, and you know, and being, being honest, I think is, is the best policy. I do think that we all kind of think of ourselves as relatively honest, but um, just don't, don't give yourself that like, and just be like, yeah, I'm honest. Like, like really like try to find where you're full of shit. It's actually good for you. You know, like try to find where you trick yourself and where you deceive others. And, you know, and, and, and you do it in like little crafty ways, like the white lie. That's what you really want to look for. The white lie, the thing you think is harmless, but is actually more harmful than you realize. Um, you know, Evan, for example, your wife said to me, Hey, I got a painting. Do you want it? And I was going to go, Oh no, you know, my mom's giving me some paintings and come up with some bullshit. That was my first thought because I didn't want to hurt her feelings because ah, maybe she'll be upset. And I was like, no, nah, you know what? <laughs> I don't want it. It's not my style. I said, just say the fucking truth. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like she's your friend, like whatever, like, and, and, and I did, and I did the honest thing. And I just said, you know what, Brandon, good. That's a fucking win, you know, because that that's a white lie. That's a, that's a little bit of bullshit and it, and it seeps in. And so like, um, I'm not, my intention is not to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want anyone to be upset with me and I were upset or to feel bad or anything. I don't want that. Obviously it's a high value of mine, but at the same time, let's try to just be honest with ourselves because it's not all about how we feel. And I think that's a message that I, I try to remind myself of. And I suppose I share with everyone else on the podcast is that, you know, sometimes uh, the higher value in life is not just about how it feels. It's about the good thing we're trying to create. It's about the moral and the ethic we're trying to build in the world. And, um, you know, and so I think, uh, you know, as we talk about this whole thing, um, remember to self-care, remember to hold your, your ethic in the world and ethics aren't just about morals and like being a good person, but they're being good for you. Like, you know, stay true to you and, and 
be be known as a person who has clear limits and clear boundaries and and has a has a line that you don't want to be pushed past and begin to shape your world around that existence and 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 not just when people are watching you but when you're watching yourself ergo um you open a bag of chips and you go okay i'm only going to have this much and stick to that you know and that's a that's a boundary and that's a limit and but it's a good thing you know and this is self-care and give yourself some of the good but don't overindulge in the in the good where it becomes bad Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.